So uh, the title of our reflections, or the, uh, or the word, the descriptor, that is sort of our jumping off point this morning is the word delighted. The heart is delighted. Um, and to expound upon um, that descriptor, um, I want to read to you again from, um, I don't actually think the word appears in this particular quote, but, but I want to remind you of some stuff that we, uh, we heard from Augustine last night in paragraph 18 of whatever book this is, book four of uh, the Confessions. So if material things please you, praise in them God and steer yourself, steer yourself back to their maker, lest your pleasures displease. If persons please you, let God be loved in them, since they too are evanescent unless studied by his support. They come and are swiftly gone to be seized while you're able and taken to him along with you, telling them, him let us love, who made all these things, and who is not far from us. For he did not make and then leave them. They not only came from him, but remain in him. And where he is, all savers of the truth. He is inward to the heart, even as it roams from him. Re-enter your own heart, you who are dissemblers of it. Cling to him who made you. Stand with him and never fall. Rest in him and have full peace. Is your path infractious? Where is it taking you? What is good in your love is from him, and good and easy is the way to him. But hard it will be. For good reason, if you love things derived from him, as deprived of him. Um, so, what I want to draw your attention to in, the, in that is the nearness of God. Um, Augustine's confidence that the Lord is near us. And that being with the Lord, in fact, is not a difficult thing because of that nearness. He has not made it hard to be with him. And in fact, that where we go is our own hearts to be with him. That, that his invitation is, enter your own heart um, to find this Lord who is near and who has not made it too hard for you to be in his presence. Um, and this inward to the heart language, this invitation to re-enter your own heart, to me evokes a kind of category of Christian spirituality that we can broadly call prayer of the heart. All right? And so some people mean, you know, just one thing by the phrase prayer of the heart. Um, I'm, I mean it as a kind of broader category. Another, another uh, word you could use for this is contemplative prayer. Um, these are forms of prayer that are focused more on availing ourselves to the Lord's activity and presence um, than they are focused on us saying things to the Lord. Their postures in prayer of receptivity and attentiveness to God's work, and the objective of which is to be worked on by God and to savor God more than it is to understand something or to get something said to God. Does that make sense? So these are forms of uh, that we could things prayers that we could call prayer of the heart or contemplative prayer. Um, and so I think one way to accept Augustine's invitation to enter our own hearts, to practice prayer of the heart. I want to suggest to you this morning is that one way to do that is to become delighted in and by the word of God. Um, and so we'll use Jeremiah 15, verse 16, as, uh, as a, our sort of jumping off point. Do we have that? Yeah. No, we don't. It's on the paper. Okay, it is on the paper, though. Okay, cool. Um, your words were found, and I ate them, and your words became to me a joy 
and the delight of my heart, for I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. So I don't want to do too much to, to sort of explain or unpack this verse, or even just that word delight in it, but I do want to say a couple of quick things, um, which, which is this, that, uh, that this delight in God's word, and what, what Jeremiah is talking about here is scripture specifically. He's talking about the finding of the Torah, right? Um, that scripture, the delighting in the book, becomes for Jeremiah um, an occasion of God's presence. So the book itself is not the same thing as the Lord who speaks in and through it. But delighting in the book, um, the book becoming Jeremiah's joy, um, makes it or creates a kind of space where Jeremiah can encounter the call of the Lord, the presence of the Lord in and through and also beyond scripture. Does that make sense? Your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart, for I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. Um, so, having noted that, um, I want to introduce you to this thing, this fancy thing we call Lectio Divina, or at least it has a kind of fancy name. It's actually, um, it's actually not that fancy, even though it has a, a fancy name. So Lectio is a word you might hear folks throwing around at the Wesley Foundation. That's because at least once a year, I try to invite people to learn how to do this kind of prayer. It is a kind of prayer that you, that some of you, even though you may never have heard this um, terminology before, um, if you use the Bible to pray, um, and if you pray in response to the Bible, you may already be doing this in part just by um, your own sort of process of savoring scripture. Um, so here's what you do. Um, in Lectio, what you're doing is you're facing Scripture, you're attending Scripture as a way of turning yourself to the Lord. The language of the heart, descriptions of the heart that we find in Scripture are, are frequently descriptions that have to do with how we're facing, right? with how we're turned. The heart is, among other things in the Bible, it is... Um, it's, it's sort of magnetic north. Does that make sense? Like your heart is the thing by which you are turned and that you address this, that, or the other and therefore are, are in response addressed by that thing that you are facing. And so in Lectio, uh, this is prayer of the heart first and foremost in the sense that it is a way of facing God by facing God's book and the, the, the scripture through which he speaks. Um, so here's what happens in Lectio. You start off by praying for help. Um, actually, maybe before that, you pick a chunk of scripture that you're going to read. All right? um, here, I've given you two options. We'll come to that in a second. If you're already practicing Lectio on a daily basis, you don't have to use these, either one of these two passages of scripture. But if you're not, just use one of these two passages of scripture. Uh, you'll be fine um, without, without having more choices. Yeah. But you pick a passage of scripture. All right? And having done that, you pray for the Lord's help. Um, I provided a couple of simple prayers of help for you here. Um, you can pick one this morning. Um, oh God, come to my assistance. Oh Lord, make haste to help me. Um, or if you want, you can use create in me a clean heart, oh God, and put a new and right spirit within me. This is a brief petition um, that is, a, honestly, in some ways, is a kind of ritual formality that marks the beginning of your prayer of, of Lectio. 
Um, but it's not merely ritual. It, it invites you into a posture that recognizes that your prayer um, is not something that you accomplish by yourself. It's something that you need the Lord's help to do. Um, it's asking for the Holy Spirit to be the one in you that prays beyond your ability and beyond your words. Um, with words that go deeper or with prayers that go deeper than your words. Um, so you start there, asking for help. And then you turn your attention to a chunk of scripture um, that, you know, it may be as long as a chapter. It may be as long as two chapters. Typically, it's, it's, it's around uh, a paragraph, I would say, of scripture that you're reading, maybe a handful of verses. And from there, really all that you're doing is, is a series of repetitions, all right? Um, you're reading the, that passage of scripture through a series of repetitions, and as you read, your repetitions kind of funnel down into smaller and smaller portions of that passage of scripture that you are attending and focusing on, all right? Does that make sense? So you might begin with a paragraph, um, then, you're, then you sort of hone in on um, maybe just a verse of that paragraph or a portion of a sentence, and then you might find yourself with only a phrase or just even a handful of, maybe a couple of words or a word um, that, that's sort of at the bottom of the funnel of repetitions. Are you tracking with me here? All right, so the purpose of the repetition is to slow you down enough that you hear and see what is being said here, um, what's being said in this passage of scripture that you are facing. How many of you have had the experience of, of reading a thing? I mean, you are actually reading it, and yet then getting to the end of it and being like, I don't know what I just read, right? Or going back and reading it and being like, oh, there's a ton of stuff there that I had never seen before. So that's all you're doing in many ways is you're trying to accelerate that process by decelerating it. Um, you're trying to let yourself wake up to, that, to all as much of that passage of scripture as you can. And as you do... Uh, as you do that slowing down through repeatedly reading the passage, um, you're, you're, you're going to find yourself drawn in more or less obvious ways to certain parts of that reading. All right? So what you're looking for as you're repeatedly reading and you're slowing down is you're looking for the chunk of the scripture um, that kind of makes you go, hmm, as you're reading it. Does that make sense? Um, you might think about this as like, if, this, if the chunk of scripture were a sermon, it would be the part that would make you make an audible sound. Does that make sense? Where you're like, oh, yeah, or, or you're savoring it, yeah. Um, or taking a bite of food that you're like, oh, man. Or maybe taking a bite of food that's got something unexpected in it, like a, a chicken bone that didn't manage to get taken out of the soup. And you're like, oh, man. Every single time, though, that you read through that verse, for some reason, you find yourself kind of being like, ugh. That also is, is potentially a signal. If, you're, if you find yourself consistently troubled by, or irritated by, or afraid of, if you notice yourself sidling away from a handful of verses, that also can be a signal that that is what it is that you need to then... In fact, definitely that. If you find yourself sidling away from some part of, of the passage you're reading, that's a good clue that that's the part that you should attend. That that's the place where your encounter of the Lord through this text is liable to be the kind of thing that actually could change 
your heart. So whatever the sort of oomph is, the, or the part of the scripture that you feel attracted to, that's what sort of governs the funneling down. Does that make sense? And what you're, what you're going for is a portion of words at the bottom of that funnel of repetitions that is short enough that you could repeat it to yourself without having to look at the page. Does that make sense? Um, so, for example, it might be, oh, Lord, my heart is not lifted up. All right, just to take the first line. Let's say that ends up being the bottom, bottom of the funnel for you. When you have found that chunk of words or that one word that is short enough that you can repeat it to yourself without having to look at the page anymore, um, that's when you really want to settle all the way into this prayer. And something I forgot to mention is your, your physical posture is actually really important whenever you do this. Um, you need to sit. Typically, you need to sit at some place where your back can be pretty upright in a posture of wakefulness. And you also need to be in a posture of openness. So, I mean, really, the, the simplest thing to do is just to sit down and lay your hands on your knees, open like this, right? Um, and sitting in that way with your chunk of words that you can say to yourself without having to look at the page, begin to repeat those words to yourself um, and try to let that repetition sync up with your breath, which needs to be slow, deliberate, and deep, right? You need to breathe deeply um, and entirely to let your, your lungs be entirely filled, your diaphragm to, to sort of lift all the way up and your breath to go all the way out. And so what this might look like is, oh Lord, my heart might be, or oh Lord, might be an intake of breath. And my heart is not lifted up, might be the exhalation of your breath, all right? So are you all following with me, how the repetition works? All right, so you are, and I typically do this with my eyes closed, all right? Your goal is to attend the words, not to understand them, not to digest them, not to get a takeaway from them, not to learn anything from them, right? But to attend the words as a concrete sign of the invisible presence of the Lord, right? Your goal is to be addressed by the words. For the words to be an occasion by which the Lord can examine you and your heart. Alright? It is, it is a posture of, it, of receptivity and responsiveness. Does that make sense? Um, you're not doing anything to the words or with the words. You're letting the Lord do work on you through them. As you make these repetitions, as you repeat um, these words to yourself... Um, you will find that there are that you have reactions to them within your soul. Um, they may be reactions of fear. They may be questions. Um, they may be comfort. Um, you also are liable to hear yourself addressed by the Lord, or the Lord being present to you in ways that may have something to do with those words specifically on the page. Or they might not. Does that make sense? Um, God is free in the midst of, of, of a practice like this to be with you and speak with you in ways um, that are more or less 
tied to the words themselves. So the specifics of the words are important insofar as um, they, they don't yield to our will and our manipulation. And that unyielding outside of us nature of God's word is a profoundly important dimension of the way that we are converted by scripture, all right? And on the other hand, um, the Lord is not rigidly restrained by what those the specifics of those words are. Does that make sense? All right. So the words are and that they're the space for you to enter into your heart and be with the Lord who is near to you. All right. So you've said nothing at this point except for the prayer that you prayed before you began reading, right? Um, after a time, um, you don't have to have a certain, you don't have to have a stopwatch. If it helps you have a stopwatch, you can do that too. But after however long it seems it needs to be, and usually you need to stay with it longer than you think you do, um, you should take room to respond to the Lord and, and to begin to speak and to say things to God, all right? Um, and you can, that can be whatever you need to say to God on the other end of what the Lord has been saying to you, uh, or the ways that the Lord has been with you in the midst of your, uh, your repetitions. Um, and then you should return to that shorter, having spoken to the Lord, you should return to that shorter portion of portion of scripture. Um, spend a little bit more time with it. And then you should end this in a time of silence, right? Um, the, the sort of terminus of Lectio is silence, um, is just being with God, right? And once you get to that place, it may not feel like anything's happening to you. Um, you may start thinking about random stuff, which is fine. Um, insofar as your silence ceases to be silence, you can use the chunk of scripture, the shorter chunk of scripture, to sort of draw your attention back to God's presence. But try to spend at least a little time in just silence, all right? In stillness. Um, last thing I'll say about this. You do not need in any way, shape, or form to turn this practice into an exercise of spiritual performance. You are not trying to please God by doing this right. That's not what's happening in this. The point is not to get it right, and... Don't worry about whether or not you're doing it right. If you've never done this kind of prayer before, it's going to feel a little awkward. It might feel a little awkward to you. Um, but this is the kind of thing that you don't know the goodness of it until you have been doing it for a while. And by a while, I mean that might mean years that you've been doing it. On the other hand, it's the kind of thing that you might be astonished the very first time you do it, the way that God meets you in it.